Hello and welcome to the Touchdown Review from the Touchdown.co.uk. I'm Yoast Mains. This week, four great guests talking college and the NFL. We'll cover many things in college with Ollie Hodgkinson. We've got the brilliant Callum Squires talking Brady, Cardinals, Thomas Willoughby talking Atlanta, unfortunately for him, and Kirk Cousins, and then Joe Valenzuela talking Giants and Browns. Hope you enjoyed the show. I'm sure it's going to be a great one. So let's get on with it. And our first guest this week is the brilliant Ollie Hodgkinson, contributor to PFN and the t- Touchdown.co.uk, and obviously one of the main voices of the college chaps. Ollie, how are we? I'm good. I'm very good. Don't uh, don't let Alex and George hear you say one of the main contributors. Uh, they'll uh, they'll be absolutely irate at that. <laughs> <laughs> Alex won't speak to me anyway, so it's fine. <laughs> um, I, I've, I've slagged off. I've slagged off Texas far too much for for Alex to ever come on the show, so it's not necessarily an issue. Oh, I'm sure we can get into a little bit of that later on. <laughs> um, I, I've got you on again because well, it's great to talk to you. But I'm, I'm, there's some interesting things that happened last week and coming up this week, and, and yeah, one of them has to do with the the burnt orange that is Texas. But we'll get onto that later. I for for a lot of us who who, who are. Not as expert on college football. There's, there's certain teams that you know about and hear about. And then I was looking through um, um, the scores this week and watching the games and Cincinnati beat Notre Dame. And you're like, okay, that must be a massive upset. And then you actually look and since he were like a top 10 team and they haven't really ever been a, a, a football power that much, especially in recent years. So... Can they be in the playoff hunt given the division, given the the conference they're in, and given how they're playing? Um, I think for me personally, I think they should be. Yes, it's a it's a massive stretch for a group of five team to make the college football playoff. It's not happened before, and anyone that's a big fan of UCF will tell you that it's an absolute it's absolutely criminal that no group of five team has ever made the college football playoff. But where Cincinnati are concerned, I think they've got every opportunity to make the college football playoff this year and there's multiple reasons for that now you compare where they started the year as a ranked team compared to where UCF started in the year that they made a push for a college football playoff bid they started higher up so they've got not as far to climb now that might not sound like a big thing but I think for me personally I think it makes a a big difference not having that massive jump to make and then you look before the season, um, there is obviously a conversation because of how they played against Georgia in the, the bowl game at the end of the season and, and how they performed as a team last year. They were always going to be in the conversation as, are they the group of five team that makes it? So you're looking at them before the season and you're circling Indiana and Notre Dame as the two games to really define their push for a playoff spot. Now, if they lose any of the other games in the season, that that makes that argument null and void. But that argument's very much still alive. And they beat Indiana, who started the season ranked 17th. So, although they weren't ranked at the time that Cincinnati played them, that's still a Big Ten team. That's still a Power Five team who started the season ranked, who had a great season themselves last year. So, tick that box. They beat uh, Indiana, and then Notre Dame that was the other big game and obviously Notre Dame had the season that they had last year reaching the college football playoff they started the season ninth. they they've been ranked as high as 8th 
and then for Cincinnati to come in and beat them, it's huge for Cincinnati's resume at the end of the day. Those two games are are huge. Now, they have to go on and win the rest of the games. Um, and the rest of the, the, the schedule for them doesn't... It's not packed with quality opposition. And when we talk about college football playoff resume, it's quality of wins. But they've got the, the two big wins at Indiana and Notre Dame. They play SMU later on in the season, who currently undefeated and a ranked team. And there's every reason to believe that they'll be ranked at the uh, when when Cincinnati play them. So that's a huge, huge opportunity there. And then they play Tulane as well, who obviously played Oklahoma close. If they can comfortably beat a Tulane team that, that played Oklahoma close, that's another quality win. And it might not seem like a quality win. Tulane is something like one and four at the moment. But when you're comparing and contrasting resumes... You've beaten a team comfortably that Oklahoma struggled to beat, and you're comparing mm. those two teams. I think that's a big tick in the box. Um, but for, for me, Cincinnati, you look, they're a top 20 offense. They're a top 10 defense this year in the nation. Absolutely packed full of NFL draft caliber talent as well. Desmond Ritter is obviously attracting a lot of attention. They've got Ahmad Gardner, who has not given up a touchdown his entire career, the cornerback. Underrated pass catchers like Josh Weil and Alec Pierce, Marj uh, Sanders, Darian Beavers, Malik Van, Kobe Bryant, who himself is an underrated corner. The, the team is packed with talent. They've got the the resume wins now from beating Notre Dame and Indiana, and they've got every opportunity to run the table. So you, you look how they're uh, positioned at the moment. I don't think there's ever been a team that are better positioned to represent the group of five in the college football playoff. And in theory, on that then, if they don't get in, I mean, that would be the reason that they're joining the Big 12. That and money, obviously. And if they don't, it's, it's who, who else can, who else would ever be in a better position to do it, I guess, is the, is, is the thing. Yeah, for sure. And, and you know, you mentioned money there. It does make the college football world go around. Um, and being in a power conference, the Big 12, let's be honest, isn't the best power five conference by any stretch of the imagination. Um, but you look, the champion of that routinely is, is in with a shout of a college football playoff. So it, it certainly gives them a leg up. But I think what an achievement it would be for them to, to go a, go and represent the group of five in the, in the college football playoff and, and, and never been a, a better positioned team to do so. Um, in recent years, especially probably close to a decade now, the SEC has been the dominant conference in terms of where everyone just st- says the best teams are, start and stop. And you know, this year, if you look at the rankings, ba- Bama are one and, and Georgia are two, right? So that's it's a fair a fair assumption to make. But when you look at at strength and depth, I've got Iowa three, Penn State four. Um, Ohio State 7, Michigan 9, and, and Michigan State 11. Is this a, a year where the Big Ten could suggest that they are stronger and deeper than the SEC? It's a difficult one because you look at the SEC and the schedule, already they've had a number of top teams playing against each other already. You know, look at the last weekend. Mm. Alabama and Ole Miss played each other Um Arkansas and Texas A&M, A&M the week before so so those guys are already taking wins off each other and obviously that makes a, a huge impact on the rankings now Iowa and Penn State play each other this week um, and then the rest of the teams 
are all in a position to sort of cannibalise themselves in the way that usually you expect the Pac-12 to do and, and be under no illusion the Pac-12 has already started to eat itself alive. But Big Ten, you've got um, in the East, Penn State, Michigan, Michigan State and Ohio State who have all got to play each other at some point. Uh, Ohio State are already a one-loss team. Uh, and then you've got Iowa in the West who play Penn State this weekend. If they beat Penn State, then their schedule's very, very manageable down the stretch. So Penn State, Michigan, Michigan State, Ohio State, they're all in a position to beat each other up over the next few weeks. And and, and like you mentioned, Alabama and Georgia, one and two, they're going to stay one and two down the stretch of the season. Personally, I, I don't see... I don't see a team that beats Alabama down the stretch. I don't see a team that beats Georgia down the stretch. Then those two guys are going to meet each other in the SEC championship and one of them will lose. And you'll have an undefeated team and a one-loss SEC team that has lost to the one or two ranked. And those two are going to end up in the college football playoff. And we've already said Cincinnati, hopefully, are going to make that push to the college football playoff, as a which, which leaves you one more space. And... As it looks right now, it's difficult unless Iowa run the table and then win the Big Ten championship game. That seems to be their strongest opportunity to get a team into the college football playoff. Um, but the Big Ten has surprised me. I'm not going to lie to you. I didn't rank Iowa very highly ahead of the season. I've never ranked Penn State very high. Michigan State have come out of nowhere. Um, behind Kenneth Walker, who has been an absolute sensation for Michigan State. Um so uh, it's been a surprise at how good those teams have been so far. Um, but in terms of overall success at the end of the season, you're going to see SE, the SEC as the as the um, the main contributor to, to the college football playoff. I think that I think that's interesting that, that as you said, there's, there's a high possibility now based on basically the way the teams are played, especially. I think I think some some people suggested George may have a tougher game on Saturday than the thirty four nil or whatever it was suggested. I mean, I know uh, I watched I watched the first uh, couple of hours live of uh, Bammer Old Miss, and in theory, I, I wanted to stop watching as soon as they they went for that first fourth down and didn't make it. Old Miss, and you're like. Yeah, you're not. You haven't scored here, so you're already seven 0 down. They haven't even got the ball. You know, they hadn't even anywhere. But I guess it's an interesting like, like in theory, one could you know, Bama can play Georgia in the SEC title game. Quite obviously, East and West, and we we don't expect the the team who would be who lost to drop out of the top four. Whereas, as you said, if if I would play, I guess it would be someone like Ohio State or Michigan, or I think I don't I don't I'm not great on the Big Ten. Whatever the their their the divisions are, if one of them lost, you would expect them to drop out of the top four. I would guess. Yeah, uh, this is what this is what I mean. Like Iowa have got to run the Big Ten. They'll be the the representative from the West. Then there's the four teams in the East: Penn State, Michigan, Michigan State, Ohio State. There, there. One of those has got to kind of emerge unscathed through the. Um, the, the schedule where they will face off against each other. So, I mean, Ohio State's already got that one loss mm, mm. on their record to Oregon, who've, who've gone on to, to not exactly thrive since that victory. So, it's, it's, diff- it's difficult to see a team emerge from the Big Ten as um, strong and successfully as, as Bama and Georgia are going to do in the SEC. So, uh... Final, final little bit on the, on the, on this, Ollie, in terms of questions for you tonight. Um, 
this week loads of games you mentioned Penn State Iowa is a big game but the the main game that will will get the uh, um, the ESPN and the likes it bouncing although it will actually be more of a Fox game obviously because Fox have got Big Twelve action is um, the Red River I guess it's rivalry now because you're not allowed to say shootout right um, although I just did <laughs> um, sorry apologies um, can't. This game is is basically the biggest game when it's on that week. It's Texas versus Oklahoma, but it's on at five o'clock in the UK. Can you explain the game where it's played <laughs> and why we why we should all watch? Because it's very different in in terms of why people love college football, I guess. Yeah, so um, the Red River rivalry is there. It's a, a regular annual uh, rivalry game between Oklahoma and Texas. It's, it's named derived from the river that separates the two, um, and it's held every year at the the county state fair, shall I say, uh, in Dallas. So it's held at, uh, at a neutral venue, and it's split stadium 50-50, burnt orange and crimson and cream, just a, a crazy, wild atmosphere just a rivalry so intense for me i think it's one of the best rivalries in the whole of sport not just college football i think it's one of the best rivalries there is and it's usually a close game uh well uh, we now i've said that it'll probably be a walkover for one team or the other on saturday <laughs> but recent years like overtime game last year one score game um the year before the actual red river game itself because the, the guys played the teams played twice in 2018 once in the Big 12 championship game but the Red River game itself Oklahoma a strong favourite going into that game and Cameron Dicker won it on a field goal you know we love to see anything that involves kickers um, succeeding and thriving in the college football game so yeah, um, yeah just just a, an incredibly passionate rivalry game and I, I've had the opportunity to speak to players who have played in it on both sides of the fence. Um, Taquan Graham, the Texas defensive lineman I spoke to this year, and Drew Samir, who's now an offensive guard for the Minnesota Vikings. And, and both of them all uh, will testify will testify to the fact that there isn't a bigger game that they've played in their entire careers than the Red River rivalry. So, yeah, just an, an exceptional game to watch. College game day are going to be there as well. Um, so, yeah, definitely want to pencil in on Saturday afternoon. It's a it's a great game and and as as I said it's at it's at the State Fair in in Texas uh, uh, and it's unbelievable when you see basically it's in a neutral field and all around the outside there's people just you know at the fair so obviously it's an American fair not your local one down the street but even so imagine that kind of situation some guys buying candy floss he's got his kid on the on the Ferris wheel whilst while there's 50, 60, 100,000 kids cheering on their either Oklahoma or Texas. Really good game. So um, definitely worth a watch. Uh, I assume it's on BT Sports. If not, there'll be ESPN player or the likes will be able to get it. It should be, should be a great game. Ollie, um, I know you're my busy man. I appreciate the 15 minutes you've given us tonight. Um, I'll let you go and I'll speak to you soon. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. And joining me again, brilliant Callum Squires. Callum, how are we? Great, Paul. Nice to be back with you as ever. Uh, another another fun week, and happy to be spending a few minutes chatting it through with you. Yeah, let's get let's just get straight onto it. Um, let let's let's get it all out out in the open. NFL allegiance. Callum is is who? Uh, I'm a Miami Dolphins fan uh, through and through. We're really bad right now. <laughs> 
um, as of Sunday. Uh, I went into the season with a uh, with with high hopes, but um, yeah, not not looking good right now. You know, and and it's one of them. I asked that because we're gonna we're gonna talk Tampa, we're gonna talk Brady Bowl. Yeah. So so we're talking a team in the same state, although. Rivalries are not relevant in that kind of Florida situation, but we are going to have to talk Patriots, which is always an issue for a Miami Dolphins fan. My dad's a my my dad is a Miami Dolphins fan. He, he's he's been since the since the Channel Four days, the Dan Marino days. But but we're objective here. But we just want to get that out on out in the open, and we're going to talk about it. It rained. It's Boston. You know, we we were talking about Manchester briefly before we started. It's a similar kind of situation, right? Um, I'm interested in your thoughts in the game how you thought it went because I think a lot of people expected a blowout and it was far from it yeah I mean you're right to draw attention to my uh, to my to my Dolphins fandom to start because Tom Brady has caused me much misery exactly uh, over the past decade and a half um, so I can't say that I like him I can say that I hated him and I hate the Patriots <laughs> um, but I pride myself on being able to uh, to analyze things without bias to a certain extent. Um, what I will say is it's been really difficult for me to embrace this new social media present, positive, outgoing, happy-go-lucky Tom Brady that we've had the last two seasons. Very confusing in, yes. in terms of trying to figure out, do, can I, I do still hate him, but he keeps putting out really good social media content that makes me want to like him. So it's all difficult. But anyway, sorry, to get into the game. Yes, I agree. I think there were a lot of people who were expecting a blowout. Um, I was intrigued that the the betting line wasn't as big as I thought it would be, which suggested to me that, as always, you know, Vegas always knows, um, it suggested to me that they thought that Belichick would scheme something up that would keep it close. And so, on the one hand, I wasn't actually surprised that it was close in the end. But I do think that the weather played a massive role in that. Mm -hmm. um, I also think that the emotion of the Brady return made a huge impact on that as well. What I would say is, if this game had been in Tampa, it would have been a completely different situation Correct. in my mind. Yeah. If this game was in Tampa, I think the Buccaneers' quality does uh, show through. However, clearly, as we see, um, the Buccaneers are absolutely shredded in their secondary right now. They have a fearsome kind of front four and, uh, and their linebackers, but the, the back end of their defense right now is, is really, really struggling. So, I'm not surprised that the Patriots kept it close, largely through playing good defense. But I was pleasantly surprised that you know you might have seen uh, kind of the new New England quarterback truly emerge. In that, I thought Mac Jones was very impressive. Um, it's it's a big stakes game. Everyone who who knows anything about the NFL is watching. You know, it's 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 a global game. Tom Brady against New England in New England after what they did everyone's watching and I, I was really pleasantly surprised by by how well Mac Jones played yeah I thought I thought Jones was good I, I don't I don't have reservations about him like I think he's going to be a very good quarterback you know his, his arm may be an issue you know there's there's you know as a, as an AFC East man you, you'll know this you'll know this name you know there's essences of Chad Pennington that's not necessarily an issue right You're, not everybody's going to yeah. going to shoot out of a cannon right but it just means that you have to play. Your team has to play slightly differently to, to score points. And we'll come on to a quarterback later who's got all the throws. And I'm not sure Mac has, and that's fine. Like um, that's not to say. But I, I'm with you. I was impressed with how he played. I think you know you almost in, in on the Tampa side. You almost like 
the, the defensive, with how bad the secondary is, the defensive front is probably too good, especially against stopping the run. You would almost like them to let them get more runs so they'd stop throwing. I know it sounds a bit counterintuitive, but they're so good at stopping the run that the passes get even more focus. And, you know, the, you know, regardless of how good Richard Sherman has been in the past, to sign him on a Tuesday and then playing multiple snaps on a, on a Sunday night is literally the last thing you need. And it was never supposed to happen. It did. That's not a good thing. The weather plays a part. Um, absolutely. And I think you talk about that emotion and I think you're right. And I think sometimes you underestimate how that plays into the, these type of games, especially for the players, especially for Tom Brady, right? You see him as a robot, as you quite rightly point out. Those fifteen years in New England, he's 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 got his uh, he's been hypnotized by Bill to only say the right things and only do certain things, and he's not like that's not it. Just we now know that's not him, and we could see that he was emotional. And sometimes that means you don't play as well as you do. You talk about the line. I was listening to a podcast with Warren Sharp, and he was saying that the the Las Vegas was begging people, begging people to to take Tampa. To, to take the they wanted that blowout. I mean, some places went to six and a half because they all the sharps were betting on New England because they, as you said, they were saying we know Bill's going to have a plan for this. You probably saw the weather as well, which probably doesn't help. You know, it's one of those situations. It was a it was a good game. It was an enjoyable game. I watched it Monday morning, and I enjoyed watching it. And I always enjoy it, especially when you know the Patriots lose, especially when they try and kick a fifty-six yard field goal. It's the it, it's the it's the post with the loudest doink I think I've ever heard in an NFL game. I think they've got to be putting microphones in the, in the post now, right? Because yeah, Crazy. it was it was unbelievably loud. Yeah, there's a, okay. So there's a number of things that I'm just going to rattle through quickly. Um, yeah, I wish they would let the Patriots run. They would have let the Patriots run a little bit more because Damian Harris killed a couple of my fantasy chances <laughs> for certain. Um, yeah, I mean you're right. The I, I will say I thought Richard Sherman did okay. Yes, he did okay considering. Now he's not Richard Sherman of the Legion of Boom. He isn't. He won't be. I'm happy to see him getting another chance in the league and try and make the most of it. Um, but yeah, he's he's not the same guy that he was, uh, you know, the better part of a decade ago. But equally, um, he didn't do too badly on, you know, as you said, five days prep. Um, but yes, the the key thing, the key thing with Brady was, yeah, clearly there was there was an emotional element, element to it. You know, I actually thought the New England fans played it brilliantly because to to cheer him relentlessly pregame during the hype packages give him all the love and the affection, soften him up a little bit. And then as soon as he steps out onto the field, boo the lights out of him. I thought it was really good psychology. Really, really good psychology. Mm. He probably wasn't expecting that much of a hostile reception during the game. And credit to the Patriots fans. It tells you at the end of the day, look, we love we love Tom Brady in, in New England. We'll always love Tom Brady in New England. But we love the Patriots and the organization more. No man is bigger than the team. Uh, um, and so I thought the Patriots players played it really well. I, I'm a big Warren Sharp guy myself, so I fully, fully respect his takes on uh, on that. And I can well believe that you know Vegas was really trying to get people to bet on Tampa because you know Belichick he turns his, his magical rain machine on to make it difficult for Tom. Correct. Uh, and then and then all of a sudden you know you've got a uh, you've got a difficult and tight game. I, I I do think the Patriots will suffer this year. I know we've already kind of touched on Mac, and yeah, he's not going to be Josh Allen throwing it 50 yards down down the field ever. You know, Jacoby Myers might be their Hail Mary quarterback, if anything. Mm. Um, you know, so the Patriots, I still don't, I don't think they'll have a winning record. 
I don't think they'll make the playoffs. I just don't think there's enough weapons around him. Despite it was good to see Hunter Henry and Johnny Smith getting into the action again because they are two premier tight ends who obviously need to build a bit of a chemistry behind uh, Mac Jones. That said, I expect them to annihilate Houston this weekend. Yes. Um, you know, looking forward, I think I think the Patriots will get a very simple and straightforward win there. I think they'll lean heavily on Damian Harris in that game. Uh, and you know, I, I do think the Patriots are building for the future, which. I don't want them to. I don't want them to be good. <laughs> As you said, I enjoy it when they lose. Um, but I do think that he's got a way to go. But Mac Jones is, is certainly far from uh, the bust that anti-New England fans were hoping for, I think. So if we move on, uh, first first week we did the show, you were on. We talked we talk Kyle and Murray for MVP. Um, there was a... We love Kyle and Murray. He's a fantastic player. We have concerns over the coach. Can this team win big games? Well, guess what? Everybody listening on the show. On Sunday, the Cardinals went to the LA Rams in SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles. And let's be honest, put a put a Stone Cold Steve Austin beat down on them. There was no messing about. That team totally dominated Rams pretty much from start to finish. Now, we will talk, Kyler, and we'll continue to talk, Kyler, forever. Now, supplanted as the MVP favourite right now I think I think about four, it's 9 to 2 but anyway the more important question is how real are these Cardinals well yeah I mean you're talking about being real and if if, if the Cardinals are, are clever they'll have the glass shatter and Kyler Murray walk out in a Stone Cold <laughs> vest for, for next weekend against the 49ers because that'll really get the crowd going um, yeah I mean you know pre-season the Cardinals were about six to one to win the NFC West. I looked today, and they're less than two to one. They're now the favourites from the rank outsiders to the favourites across four games. That tells you how good the Cardinals have been. And you make the point, Paul, and you're spot on. This wasn't just a win. They didn't kick a last-second field goal. That they they had a streaky one in Week Two against Minnesota mm. to do that. But they went into the Rams' house, who just beaten the defending champs fairly comprehensively, and they handled the Rams from start to finish. There was a key period of the game, which is really what won them in the kind of midway point of the second quarter, where the Cardinals had just gone up 14-10, Max Williams touchdown. Sony Michelle fumbled it in the red zone of the Rams. The Cardinals took over, cashed it in, were up 21-10, and never really looked back from there. So you can argue that the momentum really changed on a turnover, but you've still got to execute the game plan. And I've had many people fairly criticize the Cardinals coaching staff and are we sure Cliff Kingsbury is for real will the defense step up will they be able to do what they need to win this game they held the Rams to 13 points until the last two minutes of the game when they got a garbage time touchdown to Robert Woods you know the score was 37-13 with about three minutes left this is not a fluke that's you know they won by three scores they won Mm. by 17 so this is really a statement from the Cardinals 100% I couldn't be more convinced that this is Kyler and the Cardinals really saying we're here and we're ready to compete you look at the depth they've got you know players like AJ Green have found a new lease of life in in just a month in Arizona when he was languishing um with the Bengals previously you know I I I just think that there is a lot to be said about this Cardinals team right now you look at the performances they've had on the defense. You know, Isaiah Simmons is looking more like his old college self. He's flying around the ball. 
We haven't really got to see a whole lot of Zayvon Collins as yet. Buda Baker, Murphy's had three interceptions in two games now, I think. You know, um, he's not quite at Trayvon Diggs on the Cowboys levels, but he's still making plays for them. Uh, and, and, yeah, you know, really, you've got to say that, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, Paul, the Cardinals look very impressive. And if they were to successfully consolidate that with a win over the 49ers this weekend and go to 5-0, and then they're really off and running. And I think that's I think that's a valid point. I think sometimes you look at these these tough divisions, and there's two ways of going about it, right? They're either going to beat themselves up, or it or it allows you not to relax. It allows you not to settle. I always, you know, the classic team for that I always think is like the Pittsburgh Steelers, where they like randomly randomly struggle to beat a team when they're you know favored by fifteen or whatever. But as you said, you go from the Rams, and then you've got the Forty ers they're a good team. It's a tough game. This week they're gonna they're gonna have a week of Trey Lance prep, so the, it's gonna be a completely different um, offense. I would assume a lot more run based, which may be an issue for the Cardinals, but but whatever. But what it it's a division game. You've got to win. You can't be that's a game you can't be losing, especially when you know there's a strange world where you like could all four of the NFC West teams get into the playoffs? You know, given given how yeah. poor. The likes of Washington, you know, Philadelphia, you know, it, you know, New Orleans, Atlanta, those type of teams. They're so bad. You like, could we? There's a possibility you might get four in here, so you can't lose those division games. And and I don't expect the Cardinals to this week either. No, I mean you're right. The the NFC West for me is 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 definitely the best division of football. I think it's been said a few times now, but I I am utterly convinced about that. Um, I do. I, I genuinely think they'll get three in. I, I actually do think the 49ers will will fall away from the playoff run at the end. I'm not yet convinced that Trey Lance is quite ready, and I am a card carrying member of the Jimmy Garoppolo as a fraud club. Um, <laughs> but the Seahawks, um, I, I you know I, I always trust Russ to put a performance in. Um, Kyler has shown what we've shown, and you know undeniably Sean McVay and Matthew Stafford are building something special there, even if they had a down week this week but I think you've got to give credit really to Arizona rather than you know try and pin it on the on the Rams failing to execute um but yeah it's it's uh it's it's wide open on the NFC side and to be honest you know I, I really think for the for the first time in a long time I think there are a lot of teams who realistically could win the whole thing this year you know you, you look on the AFC side as well oh you've got you've got depth in that both Baltimore and the Browns look mm. good you know the Bills are obviously still there. The Chiefs are obviously still there. And I, I think at the end of the day, you know, if you want to get to the Super Bowl, you still have to beat Kansas City. Um, I think they're still the guys to beat. And maybe on the NFC side, you argue you still got to beat the Buccaneers. But there are a number of teams, as we've seen, who can do that. You know, mm. the Cowboys really should have beaten the Buccaneers in Week yeah. One. They can really I? should have. And you know, now obviously the Rams have, and now the Cardinals have trounced the Rams. So. I'm just really excited by how, how wide open it is. But yeah, I really hope for the Cardinals' sake and continuing to build Kyler Murray's stock and really just the respect for Arizona as a team. I, I will be vehemently cheering for, for Arizona to, to get the win over San Francisco this weekend. And if you look at that, the, the, I guess there's, there's four games that have got those kind of quote-unquote playoff implications, right? You've got Rams, Seahawks, Thursday night. Please stay up, book your Fridays off appropriately. Yeah. Um, you've got Browns, Browns v. Chargers. Um, you've got 49ers v Cardinals and then you've got Sunday Night Football you've got um, Bills against Chiefs four four 
spectacular games and and basically means everyone here in the UK is going to have not a lot of sleep as all those games either finish start at midnight or finish it or start at one finish it when one o'clock in the morning or start at one o'clock in the morning so get your coffees out get 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 whatever you need to stay awake get those get them glucose hits in because you're going to need them yeah you're right I mean I, I wish the Thursday night football game was actually on Sunday so I didn't have to try and figure out how I'm going to watch that before <laughs> exactly. work on Friday um, yeah, yeah you know you talk about four uh, high quality playoff implication matchups and then we've got the Falcons against the Jets in, in London so you know you see where the priorities of the NFL correct, are correct. Um, I understand it I understand it but yeah I mean I, I, I'm really intrigued to see the Chargers against the Browns um, I think that'll tell you a lot about where both teams are Um you know, Eckler was unbelievable last night, and then you know Herbert is 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 a, a machine. And as a Dolphins fan, every single day I sit there and question: Should we have taken him rather than Tua? And I think the answer is probably yes. Um, so you know, you do wonder, you do wonder how different the world would be if uh, if those two teams had traded the the, the quarterbacks on uh, on draft night in terms of who they selected. Um, and yeah, Sunday night football. I mean, Chiefs against Bills is. That's the sort of matchup that you have to stay up for. You just mm. have to take the hit, mm. <laughs> or at exactly. least I do. You know, I have to. I have to find a way to see that because Mahomes against Allen, uh, uh, you know, a rematch of the AFC Championship game from last season. Uh, there's there's so much talent on that on that pitch, and you know, I just I, I think that the Bills will give them a game. I think as ever, the, the Chiefs just have that tendency to just say, okay, well, we're going to score a touchdown now and just do it. Um, mm. And you you saw what happened with Tyreek Hill on Sunday. You know, I mean, three three touchdowns and 186 yards, I think it was. I mean, complete nonsense. You know, Kelsey has a relatively quiet day and they still score 38-odd points. You know, it's Kansas City are unbelievable. But if anyone can, you know, keep up with them, a Josh Allen offense can, can stay with them. So lots to look forward to in, in week five as well. So, Callum, we'll let you go. Thanks a lot for your time, and uh, I'll speak to you next week when we've, I guess, tried to catch up with our sleep all through Monday. Let's hope our bosses don't find out about it. (laughs) Thank you, Paul. It was a pleasure, man. And now, the brilliant Thomas Willoughby joining me on the show. Thomas, how are we? You're not too bad. Not too bad. Um, Yeah. (laughs) I guess guess, guess we're just... Go on, go on. I guess we're just going to have to get into it. We don't want to, but, you know, we're going to have to. Um, my team played your team on Sunday. Um, it it was, I guess, fun, kind of. In the end, maybe. Um, Washington somehow won 34-30. I don't really know how. Um, I don't also know how Cadero Patterson is now uh, the greatest NFL player of all time. These things are, are, are blowing my mind. Um, I guess my question is first, first really a yes no answer. Are you in? Are you at the game on Sunday? Yes. Yeah. So my question is, how? What do you what do you need to see from the Falcons to to get you back in the room on Sunday? Well, it just needs to be. A... <laughs> it's tough. It's tough because I don't think we're. The part the past four weeks have been quite sobering for my expectations as a as a Falcons fan, despite the last three years, four years really, um, giving me no reason to believe that they're kind of going anywhere uh, anytime soon. I always go into the season feeling a bit, well, if this 
if this piece clicks and if the offensive coordinator does this and if the defense finally finds their, their form, anything can happen. And it never does. Um, and I found myself in that situation again this season. Um, and it all came crashing down fairly immediately. Um, the, the reality of the situation is we're not very good at the moment. We are bereft of talent in multiple positions. Um, if we blow the Jets out, brilliant. Um, maybe that will sort of spur something after the bye week. But it's 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 difficult for me to sit here and say we're one sort of win away from finding ourselves again. It's tough. It's tough. To, it's tough sledding to be a Falcons fan at the moment, and it's only going to get worse. But we'll get into that later in the season, I think. Um, but yeah, hopefully they give us a, a an afternoon to enjoy, and I'll I'll be happy with that. I, I, it's one of those situations. What you what you've done there is you you have you have hope or have hope at the start of every season. Yeah. It is a great a great sentence. A friend of mine picks out all the time. It's the hope that kills you. Like as a, as a Washington fan. Am I lost that hope? I'd guess a decade ago. When things happen that are good, you take them and accept them and then assumingly wait for the next bad thing to happen. Um, it's just one of those things. That's how you go. I hope you never get into that position, Thomas. I'll be, I'll be frank with you. That No one needs to be there. <laughs> that kind of situation where you're like, I'm watching the game on, on Sunday and they score and the, there's a review and you assume that they'll just overturn it because it's Washington. And then they don't overturn it, and but they've left like forty-five seconds on the clock, I think, or whatever it was. And you're like, okay, how did he blow this? And then the first players, like Matt Ryan over the middle, like about thirty yards, and you're like, okay, now I know they're gonna blow it. It doesn't happen this time, okay, whatever, fair enough. But yeah, it, it it's one of them things, I guess. Um, obviously, there on Sunday, early, early, early kickoff in in hmm. in the UK. I guess don't forget that for for people it's not it's not your standard six o'clock game I think it's half past two. Um, is there a is there a Falcons a Falcons meet up or friends of meet up in your in your uh, view or is it just you and whoever you're going with and you're just going to sit there and cheer on the team? Yeah, so I'm um, sort of not not heavy into the UK Falcons community, but I know quite a lot of people. I, I speak to the the guys on ATL Falcons UK on on Twitter. Um, they've got themselves a the pub they got themselves a pub on Tottenham High Street the Beehive uh, mm-hmm. which is about halfway between Seven Sisters and the stadium yeah. uh, from 10 o'clock so um, that's going to be I know for a fact there are going to be 15 20 people at least um, plus whoever kind of stumbles in on their way there um, that's what the plan is on the day um, again I, I know for a fact that the the NFL have assigned the Falcons a pub in central London um, the Admiralty on Trafalgar Square, which is the official team pub, is going to be decked out in colours and events and stuff going on from Thursday, I think. Um, I'm not planning on heading into London. I don't, I don't live in London, so I'm not going to make the trip for a drink kind of thing. But yeah, yeah, I might I'll sort of pop in on, on the way to the stadium and um, see all these people I speak to on the internet and see how weird they are compared to me. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> um, go going with a bunch of friends I've not seen for two years um not since uh, a wedding so that's that's going to be fun um and then obviously fingers crossed nothing too bad happens and we come away it's, i'm constantly comparing it to the last time obviously the falcons came over in 2014 mm-hmm. i was there 20, yeah 21 up at half time and lost 22 21 and that's like the worst that's <laughs> the worst. Wow. 
we thought it was the worst. It got a lot worse, but yeah, at the time, at the, at the time, at that moment, definitely, <laughs> that was the worst. It can't. I'm tempting fate. Let me just touch all the wood in this flat. It, it can't be worse than that, right? It, it, I don't think <laughs> I'm so. Just, I'm just, I'm just happy to be to be getting out. Really, the, the Jets aren't very good. I know they won at the weekend, um, but they're they're not great. They're they're not anything to shout about. Um, we've got talent, and who knows? Who knows? Um, just a word on, on the game on Sunday, by the way, the, the Washington game. The moment you got the ball back down eight with about 10 minutes to go, I knew we were losing. Like, that's just how it goes. <laughs> I, I was in, I was <laughs> figuring out all the ways it can happen. I didn't have it down the way it did. Um, that was the one that I missed out. Um, but I, I knew it was I knew it was going to happen. But you still kid yourself into thinking, Man, maybe they're going to see it out this time. They can't possibly... Oh, no, they have. They have <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah it's it's one of them uh, resistible forces meets movable objects uh, is is not is not the better situation on that um that was last week in your stock report there was um time to buy a little bit of stock in Kirk cousins um huh. this week he played out a 14-7 um dirge of a game with baker mayfield where baker and kirk basically did pointing Spider-Man meme at each other in terms of <laughs> let's see how easily we can overthrow receivers slash play the worst games that we can play in our situations. Do we just keep, as someone who's lived the Kirk Cousins life in a, in, in the past, <laughs> course, is this yeah. just one of them? And then next week he'll get 350 yards and four scores? Or is it something that I guess from a Vikings point of view, it's something to be concerned about. You, you know, I'm, I'm I'm not overly concerned. One thing I'll say about the, the Vikings this weekend is that Cousins got very little help on the ground. Um, I know Dalvin Cook's just come back, so obviously they're trying to they get back hit, get him back into the into the swing of things, and and that's going that's going to take a little bit of time, probably more so than they can afford. Um, and there were a couple of drops from from my perspective. It all came down to third down it, it just came down to the inability to convert be that through a drop be that through an overthrown pass but he still ended the day with over 200 passing yards mm. i know he, he only got the one touchdown and that was literally all they did um the browns are really good um defensively that that defensive front is i mean it's it's pretty scary and i can't believe it's it's happening but tack mckinley's finally looking like a player after watching him play for the falcons and do next to nothing yes um i'm obviously i'm happy for him and all that but i'm not really um <laughs> it's it's a <laughs> it's a it's a pretty good defense that that browns defense and and when when they click offensively they're going to be they're going to be something i'm not overly worried about kirk cousins this season i'm probably more worried about the vikings as a whole um, to to really maximise the the good games that he has. Um, listen, I, I'm not a politics aside. I'm not like a massive Kirk Cousins fan, but mm. he's a he's a he's a he's a he's a good quarterback who can win you games in the right situation. And I don't think the Vikings are in a particularly good situation as a whole at the moment. Um, I'm still high on him for this season, but it's. I think the Vikings need to do more outside of him to make sure that he is maximised. Yeah, I, th- I think I think we Kirk is is like a a prime Meridian style quarterback, if you know what I mean. Right, bang in the middle in terms of like he is talented, 
Um, he does do stupid things, but then does good things too. But his t- his performance is regularly defined by how his team is and what his team is doing. The certain quarterbacks who, who we've all who, who we know about who can elevate their team and basically carry them. And I've never thought that Kirk was one of those people. So, like when he was at Washington. He was, and I mean, we haven't had a quarterback since, so you know, I I understand that. But I always thought I don't really want to pay him because then I'm stuck with him, and yeah. I'm not sure if he's fully gonna get you over the top, especially in Washington, because I just didn't think we would ever have that level of talent. They they have some talent in Minnesota, and they have won some games, and you know, he is a good quarterback. It's whether whether being the twelfth best in the league can win you a Super Bowl anymore is always open to interpretation and debate and what have you. And I think, like, Kirk falls right into that debate. And, you know, as you said, politics aside, like, that's why he he is divisive in many ways when people talk about him as as a football player. Yeah, I mean, it's it's the it was it was Andy Dalton five years ago, wasn't it? He was the guy that everybody pointed to as, well, he's he's the middleman. Is he going to take Cincinnati further than the first round of the playoffs and ultimately no um is Kirk Cousins going to take Minnesota further than the first round of the playoffs I don't even think they're going to get into the playoffs this season yeah I don't think that's a fault of his own um I think that once you have that player you have to put them in the right situation and all too often he hasn't really been I look back at his um time in Washington did he even have a winning record at any point they won they 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 won a they won a division they won multiple games and then they got beat by the Packers in a playoff game but it but it's that kind of situation right is that is that Kirk's fault no we played Adam Rodgers in a playoff game okay it was in Washington but who cares and you know they were never great and that's you know that's the issue right he's never been on a Roster that gets you to twelve and four, which would now be twelve and five, or you know eleven and six, or whatever yeah. it is, to to give him that kind of situation, he's always been in a middling team or worse. So therefore, people are asking him to elevate the team, and that's a tough challenge for anyone, right? Like this is not, you know, he's one of the elite quarterbacks in in the NFL. It's just is he the upper echelon that can get you over the top and that's always been the question on him yeah I mean the 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 thing that I would point to if we're using recency as a as an example if if the Rams gave up two first rounders to to Minnesota to say we're going to take Kirk Cousins as our starting quarterback Hmm. do we talk about the Rams in the way that we have been for the last month I don't really think so no Um, obviously if if San Francisco take him instead of moving up to number three to take Trey Lance. Are we talking about Kirk Cousins as this potentially elite quarterback? Mm-hmm. Maybe not. I think he's I think he's the ultimate situation guy. Yes. Um, that the um, the scheme quarterback, the, the, whatever the, the the thing is that gets thrown around at Brady, which isn't really true. And Matt Ryan, when he was the, the MVP, it's like he he fits the scheme. Um, and if you've got the scheme and you've got everything clicking around him, then you're you're, you're gold for a bit. Mm. Um, just right now, they don't. Um, obviously, they've they've got a lot of talent, and I don't. I think they're going to be offense heavy, but I don't think they're built for a shootout. I'm in in the stocks that come out 
well, it'll be the today when this comes out. Mm. Um, I talk a bit about another team that is built for a shootout, and that's Dallas. I know you're going to hate me saying that, but Dallas. No, no, are it's built absolutely out. true, though. It's <laughs> absolutely true. Um, Minnesota have tried to build themselves in that same way, and have kind of failed. Um, a lot of that's down to some poor personnel decisions. Um, I forget the guy's name. Uh, the, the the cornerback they took last season um, got released. Uh, whoever that was possibly he got, got released um, like immediately and, and it's kind of like brilliant you kind of wasted your first round pick yeah. it, it, straight away good one um, but on Kirk Cousins he's a, he's a fine quarterback he's going to be he's going to and he's going to be a good fantasy quarterback but he's not going to win Minnesota many games um, through no fault of his own well through limited fault of his own correct, correct. well Thomas thank you for that I'm going to say try your best to enjoy Sunday I hope you do. I have I have no real dog in a fight, so therefore, as I know you, um, <laughs> I hope your team wins. And um, no. if they do, and even if they don't, we'll have you on next week to talk about it. Yeah, I mean, uh, I've got to say, it's, it's, it's really creeped up on me, this one, because the, the, the tickets came out late, um, and we had season tickets anyway, so it was kind of like there was no rush for tickets. Mm-hmm. Um, but we kind of forgot about it. It was like, yeah, yeah, it's months away. And then it's like two weeks ago. <laughs> Someone owes me some money for these. <laughs> it's like a fortnight away. Um, but no, I'm, I'm gen- genuinely getting more excited by the day. Um, we're like a, a half a week away now, and it's just kind of like I'm, I'm kind of ready for it, mm. even though I know we're not very good. And the game might... The fact that both teams are really bad might make it a good game. Correct. But um, yeah, I'll be, I'll be on next week to discuss whatever happens. Perfect. Cheers, Thomas. Thank you. Cheers. And the final guest this week is the brilliant Joe Valenzuela. Joe, how are we? Uh, got another W, so I can't complain. I guess let's get straight into it. Um, it was a slog. Um, 14-7 for the Browns against the Vikings. And I guess um, the the indelible image of that game may be a, a wide receiver wearing 13 turning round in disgust as his quarterback misses him quite considerably. It wasn't yeah. Baker's it wasn't Baker's gr- greatest game and he admitted that himself in the in the post-match press conference which was which was a which was nice and a, and refreshing. I guess it, do, do you think everyone just says that was a bad week we won and let's move on and let's forget about it? Uh, I certainly did. I kept thinking about Aaron Rodgers in week one. That's the only thing that yes. was making me feel a little bit better. Um, but, you know, watching the game, I, I usually watch him all the way through, and some of the things I don't love about his game was not what he wasn't doing yesterday. I mean, some t- I feel like he doesn't have great touch a lot of the times, but yesterday it just seemed like he was sailing a lot of his throws, which is something... Um, I don't normally see, and that was towards the beginning of the game and really into the third quarter, and then when I saw that Odell throw, uh, he said it was a bit of a miscommunication, but I mean, he tried to put it on a line and almost seemed like he was compensating for his, you know, errant throws early on in the game. So yeah, I, you know, obviously it wasn't his best game. Um, do I have the most confidence in him? I do. Uh, you know, every quarterback's going to have a bad game, and we still won, so mm. good and bad at the same time. What what where you can where you can say your offensive struggles? What there wasn't was defensive struggles, and the defense is yeah. getting better and better. You see a lot of um, 
those those uh, uh, latest draft picks, especially in the secondary, the likes of Del Pitt and Ward, really starting to step up and, and make plays and keep that defense in. in in situations, so although the offense struggled, the fact that you you held the Vikings to seven points is something that I guess the fan base must be tremendously happy about. Yeah, I mean, if if the offense played like that last year, uh, I don't think we would have won that game for sure. Um, so yeah, it's like I said, it's bittersweet. I think we have actually one of the better defenses in the league because um, Minnesota's played pretty well. And if you actually watch the game, it looked like it was going to be a a shootout if you just watch the first two drives i mean both teams went all the way down the field minnesota scored we actually or we the browns uh you know got sacked on fourth and goal but it, mm. it after that it, the whole game changed and one guy i do want to give uh not a shout out to but just want to recognize is uh jeremiah Uwusu kamara we mm. got him in the second round we traded up and he actually has been one of not just in the division one of the best linebackers in the whole league which is you know people said he could have been that good maybe down the line but he has just played so well and I think it's making everything so much easier for everybody else because we really were kind of weak last year in that linebacker position and after Anthony Walker got put on IR there was some big questions and he has definitely filled that void yeah I think I think it's 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 absolutely perfect you you know it's easy to it, well it's not easy but you know a lot of teams work on a plan of getting a lot of draft picks but the the, the You've got to hit on them, otherwise there's no point, right? And and it looks like in in the in recent in recent times, Andrew Berry and, and the team in, in in Cleveland have managed to to hit on those players, which means not only is this a team that looks good for this year, but is a team that's sustainable going into the future in terms of a long term strategy of winning of winning divisions and hopefully titles. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. It's it's you know if I had the chance to switch uh rosters with anybody and that, that would be the browns i don't think i would i i you know a lot of that people would give me grief because baker's our quarterback but i really do believe in baker and obviously around him we have one of the best rosters so if he can just play up to you know a standard i know he probably holds himself to i think we're gonna win hopefully more than one super bowl but just you know one at the minimum because this roster is really built for the future or present and future that's it's a it's a fan's dream yeah if we move on to a team um that that had its critics in terms of its uh, gm its personnel choices its quarterback uh, and that's the new york new york football giants um a big win for them against the new orleans saints and is it almost a glimmer of hope in new york and and maybe even possibly a little bit of positivity uh i mean definitely you know if they lose that game that's their season's over i don't think anybody would disagree with that you can't go on for uh looking at their schedule it's very difficult coming up but obviously they feel better than they did if they they would have lost daniel jones really came on fire in the second half saquon kind of coincided looked just as explosive you know both of those guys have had down years or down uh, the first three games and I'm glad that they started using Tony actually you know you don't draft a receiver in the first round to let him learn from from guys you you draft him to play right away I mean just like Jefferson last year all these these young guys and he showed that he is just as versatile as they you know wanted him to be Um, on the defense I think they're still a little suspect but I don't know I don't and I don't know how good the Saints are I don't 
I'm not sure if Jameis is the guy, but obviously having the character to come back on the road like that, it, it does say something, and, and maybe they are on the right track. And, it, and like I said, uh, the past couple of weeks, they are also in one of the weaker divisions, so if they can win some division games, they, they might have a chance to do something. Where, where, do, where do you stand on Daniel Jones, Joe? He's had a lot of criticism, yeah. I think mainly because every time the ball's in his hand, it seems to then eventually go on the floor in some kind of fumble scenario. But is the, the the reaching crunch time in New York on what to do with them and what do you expect them to do? Do you think they will re-up him or do you think they'll let him go? Well, I, I think if you ask them right now, they're, it's probably up in the air. It, it definitely is going to depend on how the rest of the season plays out. I mean, I think if they win four games, I think anything less than seven games, they wouldn't re-sign him, obviously, unless he gets hurt. But he does definitely show glimpses of being a really good quarterback, but he's just so subpar a lot of the time. I mean, you know, you have to have consistency in that position to, to validate being extended. Like, you know, Mitch Trubisky had his fair share of games where he looked like one of the best mm-hmm. quarterbacks, mm-hmm. and I think he's kind of in that, that same tier. And even, yeah. you know, Trubisky made the playoffs last year. Obviously, he didn't play great, but I think Daniel Jones would have to, to play at a level that he did last week and really continue it for because the defense is not going to win them games. They're going to have to go out on offense and score a lot of points like they did last week. Yeah, I mean, you, you mentioned about, about the schedule and the next few weeks are brutal for the Giants. You've got yeah. Cowboys, Rams, Panthers, Chiefs, Raiders, Buccaneers. Um, so for, for New York fans, um, I wish you I wish you all the luck in the world the next few weeks because you may not see many wins until you play the Eagles on uh, November 28th. And even that is not a guarantee. No, and that's a division game, and two yeah. teams who flat out don't like each other. So yeah, absolutely not. Um, I guess Joe, fi- the final question or final final talking point really is: I spoke earlier to to uh, Callum Squires regarding the Cardinals and, and how real they are. And I guess I guess the question I've got to you is is similar. Like after that after that win against the Rams. Do you see them as a team that could actually win the NFC and possibly play in the Super Bowl? You know, barring injury, I definitely think it's a it's a possibility. I don't think a lot of people would have argued if you know going into that game, you said Matthew Stafford was the front runner for MVP at that point. He had played really well, and he really didn't play that bad. But Kyler Murray and really the whole offense were, you know, they were on fire. I, and I told my my friend was like, oh, "What do you think would happen?" And if I'm the Rams on offense and I'm seeing that the Cardinals can score basically at will, that kind of, you know, you start to press a little bit. And I think that's why you saw their numbers go down a little bit. And I think you're going to see a lot of other teams press on offense because they know they have to score with Arizona. And it's it's going to be hard to. I don't know how many teams can have a defense that can stop them. Maybe the Buccaneers. But one, one guy I think that has really meant the world to him, he doesn't have – the best yards per carry, but James Conner, he has been a monster on the goal line, and they definitely have not had a, a back like that. You know, Kenyon Drake and, and Edmonds, who they still have, um, they're not goal line backs, and really Cook Kingsbury doesn't have an offense designed to, to punch it in on the goal line, and I think he's found out that if he scores touchdowns in the red zone, um, you know, a traditional way, he's opening up a lot more things to that offense, so I, I see a lot of bright things, especially with Kyler Murray. And uh, that defense. What What are your thoughts on Murray, um, Joe? At the moment, he's MVP favorite. I think he's ninety two mm-hmm. based on UK money. That's like plus four fifty. 
Um, wow. Do you see him as the Do you see him as the MVP favorite right now? And would would you could you see him as the MVP after seventeen eighteen weeks? If he holds his play up, I don't I don't know how you couldn't give it to him. I mean, he he really can do everything, uh, and that offense is designed for his strengths, and they're you know maximizing it perfectly. He, he's not a quarterback who likes to run, but he obviously can extend plays better than anyone. I mean, he's on Russell Wilson and Lamar Jackson's level, and he. Got a great deep ball. He's a quick decision maker. And another thing, he's got a ton of weapons. So, mm. you know, one guy has an option. I mean, I, DeAndre Hopkins, maybe, I don't even think he has 100 yards the last two weeks combined. Christian Kirk had one catch for five yards, and they still were rolling. I mean, they have they have guys everywhere that can make plays. So, I, you know, like, like I said, maybe I'm repeating myself too much about the injury, but if he stays healthy and, and he – just plays at this level. I don't know how you stop that offense. I really don't. They're they're so dynamic. I, I just look at I just look at it now, <laughs> Joe. Before I let you go, and I've just gone. I've just got to the Cardinal schedule, um, and um, next not this week, but next week, seventeenth of October. Based on what Joe is telling us, uh, listeners, um, we're gonna have a Super Bowl preview in Cardinals at Browns. On the seventeenth of October, the Fox game. I wonder if that'll mm-hmm. be that. It, it might even be Joe and Troy. I'm not sure. You don't, that's not a game they would usually do. They usually in Dallas, but that could be some game based on what we're talking about here. Yeah, I mean they're playing uh, San Francisco next week, and Cleveland's playing the Chargers. So Chargers, if right? They, yeah, if they both win that game, they have you know one loss combined. Um, they got two Oklahoma quarterbacks, Heisman, first round picks. You got all the headlines, and I, I would love – I'm going to have my eyes glued to that TV. I think the Browns will win. I don't think it will be a, a blow by any means, but it, certainly something that I think a lot of fans around the league would be interested in, so hopefully it would live up to that hype. But I'll, ah. we'll get – you know, the more we get into that, the more excited I'll get, obviously. Absolutely. We'll, we, we, will, we, will, we will pick that up probably next week after Cardinals beat 49ers and Browns beat the LA Chargers – and then we will get pure into into that game hype. And then obviously the week after we'll talk about how it went. Um, but until then, Joe, as always, thanks a lot for your time. Uh, and we will let you go. Thank you so much. Have a good week. And that is the end of the Touchdown Review for this week. I'd like to thank all the guests for joining us this week. Um, great to talk to them all. Great to get some hype about the London game coming up this weekend for those who are going, please enjoy. Um, for those who are or aren't, got to get those games in. Saturday, 5 o'clock, as me and Ollie highlighted, Red River Rivalry, Texas, Oklahoma from the Texas State Fair is a must-watch. Highly recommended it. And then as Callum and I said, get your coffees in. Get anything you can do to stay awake for either Thursday night, Rams, Seahawks, or all those late games Sunday culminating with Chiefs and Bills, which has the chance to be an AFC title preview. Until then, when we'll talk about all those games next week, it's goodbye from me. Thank you all.